0: We are five days
1: away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, marxism leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students.
0: America first.
1: You could put half of Trump's supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every american to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information no one is able to come to sensible conclusions for too long
0: a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost
1: the racist sexist homophobic xenophobic God bless
0: Despite Democrats' false accusations, President Trump's speech from January 6th proves the president never incited any violence. Here's one America's Pearson Sharp.
2: The establishment media and radical Democrats are struggling against the facts to set the stage for their claims that President Trump was behind the protests at the Capitol on January 6th. Democrats Patently false claims lack any kind of evidence, despite the edited video they presented where they carefully removed the clip of President Trump calling on marchers to be peaceful. Despite Democrats' insistence that President Trump's speech instigated the protests, even The Washington Post admitted that the events at the Capitol were planned well in advance. Furthermore, President Trump even offered to deploy some 10 1, national guard troops to washington dc ahead of january 6th just in case there was any unrest but every time trump offered he was turned down by democrats but the biggest piece of evidence is the speech president trump made himself on january 6th it's been removed from twitter and censored online precisely because if it were widely shared the american people could see for themselves that President Trump said nothing to incite any kind of violence. Here now is the portion of President Trump's speech where he quite plainly and clearly calls on the gathered crowds to go peacefully to the Capitol and show support for lawmakers certifying the vote. Yes,
0: so much for some of them because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country, our country.
2: Where in that speech does President Trump call for violence? The fact is, he doesn't, and he even calls for peace. But this impeachment, and the last one, were never about the facts or about truth. They're about stopping President Trump from ever holding office again because he threatens the establishment and their power. No matter what Congress or the Senate says, this impeachment is unconstitutional and unfounded, and everyone agrees it's extremely unlikely to succeed. Which means this is nothing more than a show put on by Democrats in a seditious attempt to overthrow a duly elected president for their own political agenda.
3: Okay, let me make sure I have my microphone, uh, the correct one on, one second. Okay, here we go. Uh, So I wanted to play that clip to uh, start off our conversation today on... We the Deplorables, the place for faith, family, and freedom. Because the whole premise of January 6th was that Trump supporters, the deplorables, the smelly Walmart people, uh, rioted the Capitol, uh, threatened people's lives, um, you know, threatened to overthrow the government, and that President Trump gave the directive that he's the one that sparked this. And like he said, that was uh, first aired in February of 2021. And uh, the impeachment did not pass the Senate because it was very clear that he said to peacefully demonstrate, which is our right to do as citizens. It's in the first amendment that we are able to peacefully assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. So this January 6th, 2021 incident, which we're going to break down in depth, I don't know how many episodes this is going to go over, but we're going to take our time, is one of the best examples in modern history of us needing to have discernment as believing patriots. It's also a great example of the importance of knowing your rights as citizens and the laws. It's a great example of knowing your enemy It's a great example of how much patriots in this country are hated, especially by the globalists and the elites. And I've got more footage for you that we're going to get into later, but let me first give you a timeline of January 6th. Uh, So this is from the Washington Post, which is one of the uh, most liberal in, uh, what would be the word? Um biased news media like the New York Slimes, but crowds began to form early in the morning on January 6th. They had rallies on January 5th with different speakers, different conservatives, and then the Save America rally by Trump was going to be uh, the next day, and he, you know, talked about how the election was rigged and the Democrats committed voter fraud. And there's actually, in spite of and despite of all the claims of the left-wing media that there's no proof, there's actually a lot of proof, and there's a lot of attorneys general that are looking at that. And I'll get into a little bit as far as Arizona uh, a little bit later. So at 2.10 a.m., we've got, let's see. Oh, let me go on down. Okay, so early morning. We have Trump supporters that start collecting to hear the president's rally. So by 11 a.m., the crowd is pretty much gathered. At noon, President Trump begins his more than one hour speech and talks about not giving up and conceding uh, that, you know, we need to put pressure on our elected officials to enforce the Constitution. Now, at 1230... Crowds from a pro-Trump rally, they say, begin to gather outside of the Capitol building. At 1, the initial wave of protesters storms the outer uh, barricade west of the Capitol building as Senators and Vice President Pence walk to the House chamber. At one o five, Congress meets in a joint session to confirm Joe Biden's win over the objection of some Republicans because they had uh, grave concerns and... Um, then President or Vice President Pence didn't do his job at 1:10. So we already have where the rioting is uh, starting, and actually, it was at 12:50, which I'm going to prove to you who started it, the very first um, aspect of it, and the exact time. At 1:10, uh, Trump ends his speech by urging people, like we heard in the uh, the video to go down to Pennsylvania Avenue and, uh, you know, basically put, you know, pressure on them. Now, looking at the Washington Post article, Democracy Dies in Darkness, they don't say that he said to peacefully go. Uh, It says if you don't fight, you're not going to have a country anymore. And so they take everything he said out of context, which is very normal. and, And then at 112... Um, you know, we've got some stuff going on where, you know, uh, Rand Paul or Paul uh, Gosser and Ted Cruz, both from Arizona and Texas, object to certifying Arizona's college uh, votes because of the uh, fraud, which, by the way, there's been a lot of evidence that's come out. And again, uh, I'll get into that. And so uh, the crowds get larger and larger. They continue debating. And uh, and then a pipe bomb goes off. There's some you know suspic- suspicious packages, and then around two fifteen, uh, the Capitol is breached. There's some windows broken. There's some climbing inside. Uh, there's doors that are opened, and then they evacuate everyone uh, in the um, houses of Congress. And uh, let's see, we've got protests that happen all over. The country, etc., etc. Okay, so uh, I'm not even going to share the uh, Times article. Um, you can, or the Washington Post, you can look it up. They're just such liars. It's, I just, but it, they had a loose timeline. And quite frankly, you know, when I do research for uh, these episodes, I cannot find anything conservative uh, when I Google. Every single thing that comes up is liberal. And Google does that and they have an algorithm that does that so uh, it's very difficult and that's why I'm you know subscribed to epoch Times and Daily Wire and uh, BuzzFeed has some good reporting on it because you cannot find anything that is not biased now uh, and it, and then you have to be really careful that you're not going to you know some far right wing uh, places either and they're putting their spin on it so we've got this timeline where the breach is occurring before President Trump even finishes his uh, speech and I remember uh I wish I could remember the exact time but before President Trump was even done before uh, the riot even started an article was released online about a breach of the Capitol and I remember reading it and the time was like 11 something and uh Later, when I went back because I was like, "Wait a minute," you know, I started noticing the timeline. I went back and checked it out, and it was actually, you know, at twelve fifty. And I'm like, "Okay, how would a newspaper know when the Capitol was breached before the Capitol was breached?" So that was the first indicator that something more um, was going on. Now, again, the reason for the rally is I don't know if you remember this. Uh, but on November 3rd, 2020, I went to bed celebrating the fact that President Trump re, you know, won the re-election because I didn't want an abortionist in there. I didn't want a globalist in there. I didn't want someone who didn't know economics, who's probably not had a job since he's been in office, which was like 40-something years ago. I wanted to have a continuation of Trump's pro-life, pro-America, pro-economy, um, uh, pro-inner-city rehabilitation and job you know, uh, benefits and economic benefits policies. I wanted a president who uh, kept rogue nations in line that the world was scared of. That's what I wanted. But the main thing is abortion. It, it will always be the question for me. I will not ever vote for someone that believes in abortion. And uh, so I was very excited. He was way ahead in all the polls, including Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, et cetera. Uh, He'd already won Florida and Ohio, which, by the way, no president has ever won an election without Ohio and Florida. And so then you wake up the next morning, and it's like something shady's occurred uh and what i feared and what i we had been praying about as a, a ecclesia for weeks was happening before my eyes i kept telling our hub members hey we need to pray on the mail in ballots because the whole covid thing was a little too convenient and i knew that states were going to you know do mandates and do all these you know, decrees and bypass normal legislative uh process to ruin this election i knew that's what they were going to do the holy spirit had already told me they were going to do it in fact in october of 2019 he told me that there was a trump card that was going to be played and uh and boy they sure did do a good job and you even have the video like it's amazing i saw this and heard this with my own eyes with my own ears on fox biden saying we have uh basically rigged the election. We have the best election fraud uh, thing out there. Now, later they try to say that that was out of context or whatever. No, it wasn't. If you watched him say that, then you know he said that. It wasn't uh, out of context. He said they have the most expensive election fraud system. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Now, he has, obviously, dementia or Alzheimer's, and so he's going to slip up and speak the truth sometimes. Not often, but he will. And so we have, you know, in all the major states where it was important, mail-in ballots that can't be verified. We have ballots that are dropped off in the middle of the night in Pennsylvania. We have poll watchers that are illegally kept out of precincts in Georgia. There's all kinds of fraud there. And by the way, for those of you that live in Georgia, you need to get your governor out. He is a rhino. And he knows that there's been fraud, but he doesn't want to investigate it because he doesn't like Trump. Then you see a sudden spike of ballots that are all for Biden. Uh, In a span of three hours, it was like hundreds of thousands or 100,000 ballots went through the machines. No, that is mathematically impossible. In fact, I read an article on that since it's been taken down, how there is no way, like if you look at, and it might have been Wisconsin or Michigan, if you look at the spike All of a sudden, of ballots that were 100% for Biden, you see, it is impossible. It's like all of a sudden, President Trump's no longer winning. Later, there's proof of tampered voting machines that were literally switching Trump's votes like they were switching them. So let's say that Biden got 305 and Trump got 1,028 in a county. They would flip them to where Biden had the 1,028 and Trump had the 300. I've got people... Speaking of fraud that I promised to tell you about in Arizona, they're actually working the fraud there. And they let me know uh, in just one county, Maricopa, the number of bad ballots and fraud actually would shift the state back to Trump. And so, again, you know, listen to the people that know what they're talking about. Don't listen to the pundits. Don't listen to the media. It's, you know, citizen journalism is going to be very, very important in this country, especially as the years go on, especially as we resist socialism. We're going to have to have more citizen uh, journalists. And, you know, maybe that's the action, you know, that I can recommend in this episode is learn how to be a citizen journalist. Uh, In fact, I've got some websites and different things I'm going to be looking into uh, myself. And uh, so, uh, basically, the election was stolen, and it cast the Electoral College into chaos. And pressure was put on political leaders, including Mike Pence, to examine all of it and then execute their duties according to the Constitution, now, I'm going to go into what exactly happened with the election in more detail in later in a later episode or episodes. So while in session debating and discussing what had happened, President Trump held the rally Save America, and he was wanting uh, his supporters to execute their First Amendment right for peaceful assembly and a redress of grievances to the government uh, to... You know, basically let the people know we're not going to put up with this. And we are here protesting this sham of an election. And I had friends there. They didn't enter the Capitol, but they told me that there was worship music. There was prayer. uh, It was peaceful. President Trump's uh, speech was hopeful and peaceful. And then he um, called for a peaceful uh, assembly at the Capitol. Now, after the rally, they were supposed to go to a designated area that was already set up for those attendees to continue their First Amendment rights. Now, I've seen the videos and the eyewitness accounts of this on a Victory News flashpoint. It had, uh, I think, Kuniman, if I'm not, Hank Kuneman, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Lance Wall, now, um, oh, Dutch Sheets, and I think. Um, uh, Marillo was on there as well. I can't find it because YouTube uh, took it down. But I watched this episode of Flashpoint on Victory News. and let me see if I can remember uh, what I saw from memory. And they had like video this this was video from people that were at the rally, and they were noticing some weird things. So the first thing they noticed, is you would see a whole bunch of black SUVs that were bringing in dozens of what looked like Antifa thugs. And the black SUVs, I mean, they looked like government vehicles. So if, you know, you've seen the president in the SUV, that's what they looked like. And also with them was law enforcement. The other thing that made me very suspicious of what was going on is the D.C. mayor refused National Guard help from the president, you know, Trump, like that video at the beginning said. And on top of that, sent half the police force home that day, then you actually see cops opening doors and removing the barricades for the so-called riders. So let me see if I can get um, a video up for you. Okay, let me get this sound on if I can. Okay, hang on one second. Okay, so this is from a person who's obviously, um, I don't think this person is um, a conservative, but he said the police opened the effing gates. And so it's a video where you literally see, and I'll have the link in the show notes, you literally see the police opening uh, the barricades.
2: Police are squabbling with protesters. Oh, there we go. And they just reached the Capitol again.
3: So this is interesting. This happened over and over. I saw the video where they were literally opening up doors. They were walking with the protesters. Uh, There's videos where they're chit-chatting with them in the Capitol building. And so this was happening all over the place. This is not uh, anything new. And it has been reported on, but since then you can hardly find any of the evidence. Then another thing I noticed is reporters were just like conveniently spread out throughout the Capitol building to take videos and pictures. So like one of them, uh, one of the videos I watched was this cop, he was acting very dramatic. He's got his, you know, hand on his baton, and his gun, and he's like saying, stop, stop, you know, don't come any further. And it's like, he's going up backwards, you know, on the, the steps, like he's leading them to a specific area, Right. And what was so convenient is as he's putting on this melodramatic um, play acting, there is a reporter that just happens to be conveniently stationed in the corner to capture this on video. And then what was also interesting is the so-called writers were looking at him like, where are we going? What are you doing? You know, like, why are you acting so weird? And they're just kind of looking around because they had never been in the Capitol. In fact, some of them probably didn't know that because of the session that the government was in, it was trespassing to even be on uh, or in the Capitol and on the Capitol grounds. So that's what the designated places were for. So that was really weird. You could tell it was fake. By the way, I have body language training and uh, uh, facial expression training. So I'm like, man, this guy is a horrible actor. So then you have... On top of that, the outright lies of the media and the death of the Capitol Police officer that supposedly was hit on the head by a fire extinguisher, uh, by a Trump supporter, he didn't die from that. That was not anything at all. He died six days later from a stroke that was unrelated to being hit with a fire extinguisher. And then the only really, you know, uh, I guess you would say, what's the word, um, innocent shooting was an unarmed woman Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed and we'll get to that in a little bit uh no weapon no nothing and she was uh, shot by a cop that has a history of pulling his gun when he shouldn't but he's black so nothing's going to happen to him so since that time hundreds have been arrested or charged some are still in solitary confinement to this day so this uh, clip I'm going to uh, play you infuriated me when I first heard it. I mean, I was speechless. I couldn't say anything um, at all. It was just so uh, grievous. But I'm going to play you a clip from Steve Bannon's War Room. And in it, Marjorie Taylor Greene is telling us about what she saw along with uh, Gomer when they were finally allowed Uh, into the um, jails where the protesters are being held without bail for misdemeanors most of them it's for misdemeanors okay here we go
4: use your agency take action 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 do it today War Room
0: Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon
5: the epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide War
0: Room Pandemic here's your host Stephen K. Bannon
3: case you can't hear it's the uh, prisoners in dc singing the national anthem
4: With all the madness around us on Capitol Hill right now, and they're in full meltdown, we're going to have an update. I don't think they've got the votes. I don't think they're going to hold a vote. We're going to get to that in a second. But I want to go back to MTG. Every night at 9 p.m. in this city jail or prison, which uh, MTG, Congressman Marjorie Taylor Green says, is a human rights violation, the prisoners of 6 January, tell us about that American flag. They sing the national anthem every night.
5: Every night at 9 p.m., the January 6th defendants in the jail hold up a flag just like this one. They held up this one last night. It's it's a flag that they drew themselves, and they sing the national anthem with their hands over their hearts. And it's it's one of the most patriotic things I think I've ever seen in my life because we live in a time where NFL players that make millions of dollars will take a knee. And basketball players will take a knee who live who live in luxury simply for playing a game. And and we have people that will take a knee because they're upset over certain things in America. But yet we have Americans who are being held as political prisoners that draw their own flags and hold them up and sing the national anthem every single night at 9 p.m. And I'm, I'm honored that I could be there to witness it. And yes, they are charged with crimes, and they deserve their day in court. But th- th- this is this is a witch hunt, and it's it's a political war. And they signed the back um, with with their names, um, and so this is something that I'll I'll keep forever.
4: If they they made this for you last night when you it was only yes, you they gave it to me. It, it was you and Louis Gohmert, right? Yes, That's myself
5: and Congressman Louis Gohmert Louis from Gohmert's Texas. Press
4: i got to ask you something. We've got okay. Cynthia Hughes, one of the wives in here, in a second. But i got to ask you, uh, Congressman Green. You've been one of the first to say, hey, look, what happened that day, you said you were afraid. And you're not a person that people see much fear in. You just said they're political prisoners. H- how, do you, how do you square that circle? How, do you, how can both of those things be true at the same time?
5: What, not having fear?
4: No, no. You said you, you were actually had fear that day on Capitol Hill.
5: I did. I don't like violence. I didn't like the riot. I'd I'd never been in anything in my life, and I honestly believed it was the So how So how, so how it are it they? Poli- so supporters. how then
4: are they political prisoners?
5: They're being held as political prisoners because they are being held without bail. They are told they cannot make bail unless they denounce President Trump and they denounce everything they believe in. That is what they are told. That many of them have been assigned public defenders that are forcing them. To be re-educated, to, to be re-educated into some other belief system because they're being told that they're domestic terrorists and they're being told that their beliefs, uh, their patriotism in this country and their their staunch allegiance and, and belief and support of President Trump is completely wrong. They're being told they're white supremacists and they're being told they need to be taught and they need to denounce their white skin. It's complete CRT. Um, It's complete re-education. It's everything that we've heard the Democrats talk about, even on CNN and places like that. And it's happening to these January 6th defendants, and I want to tell you some more. Here's here's an example. Here's one of the prisoners. I have witnessed assaults on prisoners, threats from guards, experienced months of 23-in-1. That's 23 hours in a jail cell, a tiny jail cell, and one hour out, if he gets an hour out of lockdown conditions denied access to the law library and legal visits thankful that the cdf has failed failed its federal in and its federal inmates are going to be removed it failed the u.s marshals inspection but i want you to know something they cleaned up the january 6th area that part of the prison before the federal marshals were able to go in and inspect it he also said and,
4: happy- and it still failed even after they cleaned it up it failed
5: no it no it barely passed but the conditions are egregious and the report states how bad it is i talked to one of the january 6th defendants last night in his jail cell the toilet doesn't work and sewage overflows have have, sewage have overflow all, is all, have in all of
4: these been documented and forwarded up to the chain of command
5: much of it has been documented they also do not receive medical care i saw a man last night whose whose ring finger was completely bent crooked and then turned the other way from, from injury on January 6th, and he does did not receive force medical them, did treatment. Did they force
4: them to take vaccines?
5: They tell them they cannot get a haircut, they cannot see their family. They cannot see in person their lawyer. They're not able to see anyone unless they're vaccinated. They can't even have uh, personal grooming unless they're vaccinated. They're denied to go to the chapel. They don't get religious services. Uh, one man These told me he can to have. These con- are
4: all in violation of of, of 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 accepted procedures and policies.
5: Absolutely. And all that's
4: documented. Com-
5: yes, complete violations. One man told me he's not allowed to have communion. He's denied communion because he's not vaccinated. But let me tell you about. And that's a, a violation of our First Amendment. The attorney part, we saw the area where oh, hang inmates... On,
4: hang, hang, on a second. hang on a second. You're telling me that people are not allowed to have grooming or to have haircuts or anything like that, and that people are denied their religious rights to have communion because they have not taken the vaccine, and that is documented?
5: That is documented, and I witnessed it. They, their hair is long, their beards are long, and the, all of them were telling me, they won't let us get a haircut unless we take the vaccine. They give us nair to chemically burn off their hair if that's the way they want to get a haircut. But they are not allowed to go and get a haircut unless they take the vaccine. Also, they cannot meet with their attorney. If they meet with their attorney through a plexiglass huge window where there is no human contact at all, not, not even sharing the same room, they're two separate rooms separated by plexiglass, and they talk to their attorney on a phone, they have to go into quarantine for 14 days which is absurd because they're not vaccinated. There's also a man in there, he's an elderly gentleman who is having serious health condition problems. One of his hands, he's having circulatory issues. He needs to see a doctor immediately. He he has his hand is completely purple. His thumb is turning black. Why are they, looks- why
4: they're they're, they're assigned- either have lawyers or they're signed public defenders. Why are the lawyers and public defenders not making this a bigger deal up through the chain of command or are they and it's being suppressed?
5: We are told, I think some of their lawyers may be trying, but it's basically suppressed, but we're told by them that the public defenders do not like their political views and so they are using it against them and they are not helping them because they do not like Trump and they don't like it that these men
4: uh, our let's, let's bring in Cynthia Hughes. We've had her on before. She's a wife of one of the prisoners. Cynthia, uh, Marjorie Taylor-Greens went down there last night It just described a hellhole, horrific conditions. What say you, ma'am?
3: Now, this was a- this was originally aired no- uh, November 5th of this year.
1: Um, hi, Steve. Hi, Marjorie. I want to thank you both, Marjorie. Hi. I can't even tell you what you have done for these families. Going in there last night, you and Mr. Gomert, we're so grateful to you because now we have an eyewitness to back up everything you've been saying all of these months. Um, So thank you. Um, Steve, my nephew, um, he's on my husband, he's my nephew. I just want to clarify that. Um, He's been in the D.C. jail since January. Well, he's been in D.C. since February, but he's been locked up since January. Every single thing that Miss Taylor Green just said is 100% true. He has not held a razor in his hand since probably January 15th, right before he was arrested. He has a very long beard. He has not cut his hair. The conditions in the jail are really, really tremendously horrendous. But the bigger issue is the fact that they're being kept in pretrial detention. We're going on 11 months now. 11 months, you have men languishing in a jail in horrendous conditions with allegedly trespassing charges. Lots of these men have no assault charges. Lots of these men have no um, violent charges. Most of these men, if not all of them, have no criminal history. And they're being kept in this jail languishing like this over thought crimes. My nephew was supposed to go to trial on November 9th. This government filed a motion to vacate that trial date. And his judge, Trevor McFadden, moved his trial to May 23rd. He will be in jail 16 months at that point. Pre-trial detention with no criminal history, no assault charges, no violent charges because of a picture. A picture. I'm so sick of the picture I can't even stand it anymore. Thought crimes is what's keeping these men in prison. Let them out. So they can come home to their wives, to their children, get back to their lives, make some money because the women out here and the children out here are complete and total collateral damage. Women working two jobs, three jobs, trying to pay rent, mortgage, electric, car payments, keep food on the table. And let's not forget, it's very expensive to go to jail. Very
3: Okay, so I, you can listen to the rest of that. It's War Room episode one thousand three hundred and ninety-two. It starts around uh, minute uh, thirty. But I wanted you guys to hear what is happening in our country for the first time, at least in my life. I don't remember of you know reading any of uh, this happening before. We have political prisoners, Americans that are political prisoners. Now, did they violate the law? Absolutely. It, anybody that walked in the Capitol or the Capitol grounds, uh, and you know that's considered trespassing. They broke the law. However, it's a misdemeanor. And those that uh, assaulted people, absolutely. If that's a felony, uh, you know, whatever. But I do not understand why these men are being kept in solitary confinement without bail for misdemeanors. And yet, you can let a guy out who uh, was put in jail for running over his girlfriend, the mother of his child, after punching her in the face, and then he plows his SUV through a parade, uh, injuring dozens of people, killing six, including a little boy. One little girl asked the doctor, if they could glue her back together. He got out $1,000 for attempted murder. You've got people that burned down entire cities, attacked government buildings, Oregon, Seattle, uh, Portland. They attacked government buildings. They were trying to get to the people inside. They burned down police cars. They burned down police stations. They burned down people's businesses. They assaulted people and you have these uh, people that sing the national anthem every night at 9 o'clock who drew flags on pieces of paper to hold out in solidarity, being held in a prison, pre-trial detention, with no bail for misdemeanors. Now, that's actually a violation. And here's another action step. Read the Bill of Rights, read the U.S. Constitution, but please read your state constitution because that's always where you're going to need to start when it comes to any Litigation. But here we have Amendment 5 of the Bill of Rights. It says no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a present presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when actual service in time of war or public danger nor shall any person be subject to the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life and limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, and property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So I don't see how they can say that these people are a public danger for committing a misdemeanor of trespassing. Now, again, some of them, it was definitely uh, more than that, but nothing like we saw with the BLM and Antifa ri- riots. And then Amendment 8 says excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments afflicted. So Amendment 8 is definitely being violated. But here's the problem. Their lawyers are D.C. lawyers. And like she said, a lot of them don't like Trump supporters. So they're, you know some of them may be good people. I don't know. They're probably also very, very busy. But a lot of people believe that Trump supporters went crazy and attacked the Capitol. And I'm going to show you there's something bigger that's going on. But you've got lawyers. You've got people that they're trying to re-educate these Trump supporters, get them to denounce their support of him. And then maybe they'll let him go. So this uh, should not be happening. I mean, just think the equivalent uh, of you trespassing on someone's land and you being thrown in jail without bail. Being re-educated, not allowed to shave or to get a haircut, not allowed to see your family, being told you have to renounce Your patriotism? Because here's a thing that President Trump tapped into. It was patriotism. A lot of these people that are in here, if not all of them, are patriots. And they felt that this election was being stolen. And through lack of discernment, they followed what I believe is an FBI informant into a trap, which we'll get into uh, next week. So I just wanted to give you uh, an update. Um on the prisoners that are in the dc jail because a lot of people have no idea how bad it is what's going on etc etc and there are places where you can uh donate to help out the families because i mean just think about it these are husbands these are fathers they now cannot provide for their family uh their wives are having to work their kids don't have a dad i mean Really, and again, if they had done something like, let's say, attempted murder like the guy in Wisconsin, if they had done something that warranted, you know, without bail, I could absolutely see that. But guys, this is cruel and unusual punishment. No bail at all is excessive bail. These people should be let out. And it's probably time to begin to protest. It's way past time to protest them being in there. So uh, I don't have uh, any good news tonight other than the fact that there are more of us than them. And uh, we'll get into um, what exactly is going on with all of this uh, in depth next week. Until then, God bless America.